Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with uh, Baltimore comic Elizabeth Norman is because on February 29th, 2020, Elizabeth was one of our guests on our 12-hour live show marathon. And throughout the month of March, I'm checking in with those guests. Uh, February 29th, 2020 was our last live show, and I miss it quite a bit. So I'm trying to fill that void with catching up with everyone that was a part of that show. Um, speaking of filling a void, we now have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at youmethemeverybody.com. It's in this podcast description, and it's on our About page. Here's my chat with Elizabeth. It's been a year since I've seen you. How are you? I I am okay. Okay. I feel like I can't really complain too much. Now, or, well, that's not... Everyone could complain so much. Maybe everyone that's the problem. Complain. Oh, yeah. Get me started, and... I'll complain forever, but... <laughs> What's your biggest complaint over the last 12 months? What was that? What's your biggest complaint over the last 12 months? Um, My biggest complaint is that... Ooh. <laughs> my biggest complaint probably is that all of my goals and dreams felt extremely hollow all of a sudden. Oh, interesting. So yours is more about self-reflection yeah. than about a failure yeah. of systems. Yeah, for me, huh. yes, but I, that's also because I've been very lucky um, in a lot of ways. So you still have your job, I'm assuming. I do, okay. yeah, which mm-hmm, I'm very lucky to have. <laughs> well, here's the thing about it. You shouldn't be lucky to have a job. Right, yeah. No, that's definitely true. Um, but especially working in a museum uh, mm-hmm. and working in museum education, uh, if I was in New York, there's almost no chance I would still have a job. <laughs> like, um, so are you still in the same place? Are you still in the same city? I am. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still in Baltimore. Um, I've moved back in with my parents and I still work at the same museum that I was working at before. So you're the third person I've spoken with. You're the third person that has moved. Mm, mm-hmm. This isn't a trend, <laughs> but yes. you're, you're the only person that has moved welts maintaining the same job. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're more sane because you moved back in? Um, yeah. I mean, I literally <laughs> wouldn't have been able to afford uh, rent, so that would have probably made me feel kind of crazy. Um, because I I work at a museum, but I was also working, you know, multiple other side gigs, um, also performing a lot. So had a little bit of income from that and I just wouldn't have been able to do it. So I think that has been helpful. Um, I also have been able to see like my sister is in grad school. So mm-hmm. she comes back for stretches of time and it's been really good to see her. So yes, I think that it has helped me stay more sane. It's interesting that you start with this whole thing with you're, you're lucky because you still have the museum gig but you couldn't afford rent without the other side gigs and all those side gigs yeah. went away due to a pandemic yet. You still refer to yourself as lucky. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> museums like a lot of industries are, are difficult to, to get a foot into. Sure. Um, so I guess in that regard, I feel lucky. I also, I've been able to do some really cool projects. I am definitely underpaid uh, by a lot. <laughs> and, the museum i think knows that but uh we're we're working on it in the long term um 
but I've been able to do a lot of really uh, interesting things. And I like, I like working in museums. Like, I feel like I get to use my whole brain. Um, so uh, my hope is that this is kind of like, you know, kind of a hunkering down. Sure. Time. Do you feel like you're not using your whole brain because you're not able to perform stand up in the same way you did a year ago? Um, yeah, I definitely think that that's, that's a piece that's lacking right now. I've been able to do some shows, uh, over the summer I did some outside shows, but I've been generally kind of <laughs> avoiding doing indoor shows because they make me uncomfortable. Who's doing yeah. indoor shows? And this is not like, tell me who's, they're in trouble. No, I'm just wondering because I'm fascinated by this. I have yet to do an indoor anything. I'm doing my first outdoor thing in April, but I'm controlling who's there. So it's barely an outdoor thing. Um, right. I don't know if you saw this wonderful piece in the Atlantic that came out this week. That's making the rounds about how there's been no super spreader events in outdoor settings. And if we as a society had from the jump been like outdoors is relatively fine. Maybe mm-hmm. there won't be this pandemic not blues or maybe fatigue right now because the indoors is right. the worst thing you could do. Anyways, I don't feel comfortable indoors even going to a restaurant. Um, Stand-up is the most dangerous participatory event you could attend. It's a bunch of people opening their mouths and laughing. You're delivering the laughter. You are now an assassin. So um, when you performed those outdoor shows over last summer, was there joy or was there just like hesitancy? How did it feel? Um, One of the first ones that I did, did feel really rough and I could be projecting, but I did the, this feeling that I had was that all of the people in the audience were like, is this worth risking my life? Oh yeah. Like I felt like, you know, we were doing jokes. I was hearing people do jokes. I've heard do really well before. And the response was tepid at best. Another part of that too is acoustics outside are Mm -hmm. very, very different. And it can be really hard to hear laughter in the same way that you're used to for like a closed space, but it was painful. Um, but I've, uh, since then I went to, I did a different show. Um, and maybe it was also that it was just like better lit so I could see people. Mm-hmm. And that one I knew like we were doing a good job and people were laughing and it, it felt really good. Do you, did you have all new material? Cause you mentioned that like you saw people do bits that did well in the past and now they're not doing well. My, my hesitancy with a lot of this is like, what are you even talking about right now? What would work in a club 13 months ago just doesn't make sense right now to me. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that that's definitely true. I think that there's definitely a, a disconnect between trying to be like, uh, like doing like old bits about dating or yeah. old bits about, uh, other stuff for getting so blasted or whatever uh you know people do jokes about um my jokes recently i have a new bit that i've been working on about uh donating blood for attention mm-hmm. um which is a true thing that i've been doing <laughs> i've been giving a lot of blood um but just like then silly silly effects of that uh i think Cause you also, you don't want to get too far into doing like, Oh, now you're doing pandemic material and reminding people of 
all of our circumstances all the time. I understand but you also that. can't ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you deny the fact that in theory everyone in the crowd is wearing a mask? Right. Should, shouldn't I mean, we acknowledge this? It, it yeah, and it depends on where it is too. Um, because I have seen, you know, some like outdoor dining and comedy shows. So here's the thing. So then sometimes you can see people's faces. Here's the thing about all this that is making me wonder if I even like comedy. I like you. Right. And all of the <laughs> comics that I tend to like, be it from super famous to friends or whatever, are on the on the alternative side of the spectrum, right? Not alt right, but just like your indie comics, right? The kind of I'd rather most like I'd rather see a show at say like the Black Hat or Auto Bar than like the DC Improv or Magoobies. Does this make sense? Yeah. Right. So the people that are going to a place like your Black Hats, your Auto Bars, aren't likely to participate in the um, maskless indoor. I'm at a comedy show and enjoying myself. Vibes, right? So it's a like right. attracts like thing, and I and I'm fearful, but maybe ho- I'm kind of fearful that because the comics that are willing to do risky things, we're going to have this like alt-right swing in comedy where mm-hmm. if you push back against that, you're going to seem like the person that's denying freedom of speech. But in reality, you just hate Nazis. Right. So <laughs> I'm wondering if you're going to have, if comedy as a whole is going to have this separation of safety and being funny and being cautious versus uh, you're taking away my freedoms to talk about how dumb my wife is. Right. Are you yeah, seeing I mean, any of that yet? Or is it way too early to posit this? And maybe I'm just reading too much into like a handful of no, anecdotal I, things. I think in the local scene, on the local scene, I actually feel like I wouldn't really know as much. I feel like I've been a little bit disconnected for that. I mean, that's the other thing too, is like there already have been people getting confused about being like, I thought Baltimore city was shut down and there are people doing comedy shows and it's like, not the County. Yeah. Uh Um, They get to do whatever they feel like. Um, But there are like comedy Facebook groups that have been getting insane lately where people have been, there has been a breakdown between people that are doing outdoor shows, people that are like chastising uh, people for doing indoor shows. There's like a lot of zoom shows going on. And then the, you know, um, the racism and the sexism also keep bubbling up too. So it, it, uh, yeah, I think there's like one really big group called displaced comedians. And that seems to have like fights every week um so i do think this is happening and there's also all the people that are like oh everyone's got to move to austin because joe rogan and elon musk and because they never closed down so why don't we just go there Mm -hmm. and do comedy there the risky i guess the risk i don't even know this is risky but i don't know how much Chappelle matters anymore right and Mm -hmm. I read this wonderful piece and he was on my show last week um, about Chappelle's essentially battle right with Comedy Central and he's essentially gotten what he's wanted. He, he got the series back. He gets paid from Comedy Central for for feelings reasons like not contractually or whatever. 
and he caught COVID and he opens the new Instagram special or whatever it is, essentially saying like, I'm a hero and the haters wanted me to get COVID even though I try to do everything right. And it's this line of thinking to me, obviously all this is to me, uh, that you get people that are saying like comedy needs to come back because they're trying to shut us down. You get the Chappelle playing the hero and the victim at the entire, at the same time. And you also get the insurrection on January 6th. It's this thought process of how dare you take away everything from me. And I'm also a hero. I'm a victim and a hero at the exact same time. We're really all of us, no matter who we are, are both at all times. And it's okay to be wrong because we're all wrong all of the time. And there's no understanding here. And I don't know if this is a system of failures from the things that were set in motion way before we were born, or it's a modern way of thinking due to the bubbles that we've created, like your Facebook group, not your Facebook group, but like that Facebook group you're mentioning. And what we're lacking is this type of shows that you and I used to go to a year ago where we'd be, we're not going to agree with everyone that's at a show. In fact, you're probably going to really disagree with a lot of the people that are on that exact same bill, but because we're in this shared space, there's some mutual understanding of rights and respect. I don't know where I'm going with this other than, are you afraid to be doing comedy? Are you hopeful to be doing comedy? Do you think you're going to be doing comedy a year after you get the vaccine? Um, I'm, I'm still a little bit hopeful. I mean, I think that, you know, like, I feel like we've talked about this before, but I, I think where I am um, in the scene that I'm primarily in, you know, our comedy kind of needs to be curated anyway. And I think that that's going to be still true um, in the future. Uh, but there was like a, a, a lot of time during all of like every up and down with the pandemic where I was like, I don't really know if this is worth it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't really know that I want to still be, um, you know, trying to do whatever it is I'm trying to do. I think I'm at a place now where I've come back around and I'm like, this is actually a thing that I enjoy a lot and I don't want to lose that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do think, uh, you know, asking me today, will I be doing comedy a year after I get the vaccine? Yes. But if anything else negative happens, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what my uh, response would be like a week from now. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned the curation of scene. I'm so fascinated to see what that's going to mean. Because in D.C., mm-hmm. obviously it's different than Baltimore, but like yeah. the big hunt doesn't exist anymore, right? And yeah, absolutely. for a certain type of comedy, that was the place. It's super easy mm-hmm. for Sean to set up a new spot somewhere else. I shouldn't say super easy, but it's not that difficult. And right. Sean does a great job, and I don't think he's going to have any problem finding a new spot. But who's going to want to go to a show, and who's going to want to perform on that show? And even after the vaccine, I think there's gonna, still going to be so much fear. Yeah. But am I lying to myself because I'm 38 and I'm skewing older now than the majority of performers? And if you don't have a kid, who cares? Um, you know, I think that's definitely some people's mentality. I think there are other people who have, you know, other family members to worry about. Sure, sure, sure. But you know what I mean? If I'm alone, if I'm alone in the city and I don't have family here. Right. That kind of thought. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, 
there's kind of always going to be people who are willing to do things that don't make logical sense Mm -hmm. um, in order to get a chance to perform, especially at a place um, if they feel there's any, you know, prestige to it. I think that that's not something that's going to go away, even if, even if it's not safe, even if it is risky. Um, Yeah. I think that's still going to be around. I think, I think in Baltimore, it's going to be, interesting to see how it shakes out because there have been some you know people doing like indoor mics sort of the whole time Mm -hmm. um uh indoor shows the whole time a lot of people doing zoom zoom shows or running their own zoom shows yeah you're you've participated in some of those how do you feel doing those um, I think it depends. It depends on, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's kind of like drinking. Like if you start sad, you're going to only get more sad. That's a good point. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. If you start in a pretty good mood, um, I think you can make it through and still have a fun time. But if you are feeling weird at all, it's going to make you feel super weird and not good. Yeah. Do yeah. you? I mean, we've been doing this a year now. Is there anyone that's like amazing on Zoom, but in a in a in a in a space with people in the same room are bad? That's amazing on Zoom, but not good with real people. Yeah, and I didn't want to say not real people only because like I'm not dis- I'm not saying that Zoom shows aren't real shows, and those aren't real people watching. But you you yeah, they're yeah. not sharing the sh- sharing the same air. As opposed to in person. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Because also, like, I've done a handful of Zoom shows, and now they're all kind of a, a blur in my mind. Mm-hmm. One person who stands out, actually, as being... Uh, but he's good in real life, too, is uh, Kevin Seafried, I think, was on... We did, like, a comedy kumite for the DC Improv. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was so funny and he brought so much energy. I was just like, oh, I can't believe he's doing this. So high energy works well on Zoom probably because there's not a lot of high energy. Right, exactly. It's it's a system that like, you know, some systems will like bounce energy back and forth. And that's the fun of an in-person show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Zoom is a system that like the energy just kind of falls out of. So if you're going to bring... Like you basically have to bring and manufacture all of your own energy and not a lot of people can do that successfully. So that's an interesting point. I'm talking to Kevin on Thursday. I will bring this up to him and I'm sure he'll like to hear that. So thank you so much. Oh, sure. I think, I mean, he had some really good sets. We'll see. I don't know how he feels about it, but (laughs) I thought he did. I was really, really impressed. Um, now, have you done any Zoom shows where you have to go to a location and all of the performers are in the same spot, but obviously the crowd is not? Yeah, I have done um, a couple of shows. We've got a performance venue, mm-hmm. Motor House, in Baltimore that has been streaming streaming shows onto Instagram Live. Mm-hmm. So they'll do like a show every Wednesday, um, and I've done that a couple of times. Um, How does that feel? It feels weird, uh, but it is kind of nice to, like, there will be, you know, 
in a room that seats 80 people, five people. Yeah. And they're all comics that you know. So it's like there can still be a little bit of reward <laughs> yeah. of making those those people laugh, and that still feels nice. Does Do um, you get, in a weird way, I mean, that might be my ideal show because I don't care about <laughs> I just want, because that sort of just feels like after every single comedy show, period. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a weird kind of um, taking out, like, what people what a lot of people actually focus on which is just making their friends laugh yeah <laughs> kind of getting rid of the the whole strangers part of it um and you also, also sort of get that community aspect of it yes there is there is still the kind of community aspect of it which was not a thing that i had put together was something i was really missing which it, you know logically makes a lot of sense that was <laughs> my main social outlet was yeah. just going out to a show every night and seeing people um so it, it it is really nice to just like, even if it's only a couple of people, just be like, oh hi, yeah. <laughs> like, remember all the stuff we used to do. Th- that's clearly not clearly, but that to me is the biggest shift because the money, the job stuff, the death stuff. Yeah, that's that's the obvious stuff. But the socialization, right. specifically the socialization of not like close friends, is what yeah. I've been sorely missing and. I'm very grateful I started this show 13 years ago and mm-hmm. in a weird way, I'm really glad I had that 12 hour show a year ago because I talked to 30 people and then I didn't talk to anyone in <laughs> yeah. the same room and I still haven't. So catching up with every single person is just a reminder of like, Oh yeah, there's the outside world besides the like handful of folks you see. Right. Um, clearly this is also because I have now a 19 month old. So like I was already living a lockdown life. <laughs> Right, but and I was supposed to go back to work April first, and and clearly that didn't happen. So, um, I am missing that fraternal mm-hmm. dialogue more than anything else. Yeah. Do you feel safe doing those shows? Um, I do. I do feel pretty safe. I mean, you know, I I am also like pretty lucky to be as healthy as I am Mm -hmm. and I think that if I had some other health issues maybe I would not I would not feel that way um but I have I have felt pretty safe and I've you know like I think I do a fairly good job of keeping my distance from other people and like taking it seriously um yeah so I have I haven't felt unsafe what do your parents think of you doing those shows um I think they're they're fine as long as there's not a audience there you know and my parents actually are a little bit more um more forgiving i think they they are kind of like oh we know you're missing out on stuff Um, yeah my sister is very serious about it but i think it's warranted so which your sister going to school for she is going to school for environmental resource management that seems like a job that will be very important. <laughs> yeah, she's focusing on uh, the ways that climate change affects disenfranchised populations on in coastal regions. Oh, so she'll she's very employable, is what you're saying? I I think so. That's think awesome. Yeah, I'm, Are you <laughs> you seem to be glad that you work in and around museums? Yeah. 
has that become clear this year? Because about 20 minutes ago, you said that the pandemic exposed your, I guess, not lack of seriousness, but the, the frivolity of some of the aspects of your life. And how was work, working in a museum seems like a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think part of the frivolity was like realizing how much I was willing to like risk my health to do stand up. <laughs> like I was doing, I think I did like 23 shows in February of last year, mm-hmm. um, which is just insane to me. Uh, and I wasn't having a great time doing it. Sure. So I think that's part of the thing of just being like, you know, manically trying to fill a schedule. Um, for, for museums, I think it has shown me that this, this does feel like it's the industry that I think I should be in. I, I really like the kinds of work that I get to do. And I've been able to actually make a lot of really interesting things that, um, that I don't know that I would have gotten the opportunity to do if, if we haven't had to pivot so much and like kind of flip everything we were doing to a digital space. Are you looking forward to going back to a non-digital space or do you think that due to this, you'll always sort of have to live in that space? We're going to see. I mean, okay. I think uh, a lot of people at our museum kind of thought that this was going to be a two-week thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so now that we're coming up on a year of it, uh, I'm hoping that some of our arguments like that, hey, you know, this is actually an investment for the future in general, if we have more accessible resources, um, I'm hoping that that'll, you know, keep coming through. I kind of would prefer to work from home permanently. Okay. Yeah. So you, in an ideal world, you're working from home. So you're nine to five, you're at home. And then every single night you're on stage. Yeah. Cool. I can't disagree with you. I think that's my ideal too. <sighs> Do you think we'll see each other in the same room in 2021? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not sure, Um, especially like I haven't been able to um, because of my job. I do have to come into work occasionally Mm -hmm. and I can't travel out of state. Um, Um. I did like ask, is D.C. a state? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently for the purposes of our HR department, yes. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm like a 15 minute walk from Silver Spring. So Um, So, I was maybe. I'm so, I'm so torn because like I know I can and I really want to do shows um especially cuz it's getting warmer out and I could pull off an outdoor show but like I still don't feel safe yet and yeah. I wonder how long it's going to take and maybe I'm just lying to myself cuz it's a cold day and like if it was 70 I'd be like fuck it let's just do it <laughs> but I don't know um are you hopeful yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm very hopeful, and I think it's off-putting to a lot of people right now because <laughs> it's not fitting the mood. Right. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Good luck. Yeah, good luck to you as well. 
You, Me, Them, Everybody is Made by Me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody.com. Our Patreon page is on our about page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping. Friends and family I'll be keeping. Won't 